0: They did a good job. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we welcome you here. We do this for you. It's all about you. May you be glorified today. Help me to move myself aside. allow your words my words to be your words. It's in the powerful name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. Well we're coming from the book of James and we're still in this series of, of a faith that works when life don't. We're in part 20 of it and today we're going to talk about a, a faith that doesn't hold on to hurt. And uh, we live through, through some stressful times in this pandemic, and we've had to develop a faith that won't hold on to hurt. You know, you and I were going to be hurt in this life. We live on an imperfect planet with imperfect people. And the real question is, what do you do with that hurt? Do you hold on to it? Do you let it fester and and grow? Or have you learned the, the wisdom and the skill of, uh, of letting it go? You know, you and I would probably all agree that, that the divisiveness that's going on in our world right now may be the worst that we've ever seen in our lifetime. But it's not new. Human beings have always been self-centered. I want to look at Paul's description of Roman culture in the first century of Romans 3, 12, verse 17 says, Paul wrote, everyone has turned from God and is going the wrong direction. Nobody is living right. People tell lies about others that stink like an open grave. They verbally attack each other with poisonous words like the venom of a deadly snake. Their speech is filled with vicious curses and bitter resentment. And they're quick to react violently with anyone who disagrees. So wherever they go, they leave division and misery because they've never learned how to live in peace. That's a lot like today. A lot like today. Well, just about the same time that Paul was was writing those words about the Roman culture, this guy James was was writing to Christians who were spread all throughout the Roman Empire and were experiencing this this great persecution. While Paul's talking about a lot of non-believers, James is concerned that he doesn't want Christians to be infected by the negative culture that Paul described, picking up bad habits from the world. He wanted Christians to be different in their attitude, so different that everyone would notice. James boldly points out the hypocrisy. He tells the people, you're acting no different than the non-believers in the world. And you know better. You know better. He told the people in that day, you're living a double life. You're hypocrites. He said, you can't be nice and sweet at the worship services, but then mean and nasty to the ones you disagree with in the world or on Facebook. James 3 says this, in worship, we praise our Lord and Father, but then in the world, we curse the people that God himself created in his image. Out of the same mouth comes blessings and bitterness. He said, brothers and sisters, this is not right. There is no way that sweet water and bitter water can flow out of the same spring." Blessings and bitterness. This is a contradiction for both of these things. Coming out of the same mouth. If you claim to be a Christian. It's a contradiction. The problem is. Our heart. When I see this the bitterness and the. And the sweetness coming out of the same mouth. Evidently, you're probably holding on to some hidden hurt. It's what was wrong with me. Hidden hurt that made you bitter. You've stored up that hurt inside of you. And it's creating just just bitterness. And so today I want to answer a couple of questions. The first one is, why should I never... Hold on to a hurt. I'm gonna give you some some motivation, some cost that go along with holding on to a hurt. Then the second question is, how do I let go of this hurt? I wanna tell you it's 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 not easy. The answers are simple, but it's not easy. But I wanna I wanna give you some some motivation because I know you're a lot of you that see me today on live stream and hearing this. You're carrying a heavy load of pain and hurt. We hurt each other. You may even not feel like uh, letting the pain go or forgiving that hurt. So maybe you need some motivation to let it go. And I'm going to give you seven reasons from the Bible why you should never hold on to any hurt in your heart. First one is this. If you're writing these down, write this down. Anytime I harbor a hurt, I walk out of God's will. Anytime I harbor a hurt, I walk out of God's will. I'm out of God's will. Because bitterness is a sin. And sin is never God's will for our life. You see, when we harbor a hurt, I choose to disobey God. When you harbor bitterness. You're choosing to disobey God. You're choosing to be out of the will of God. And when you harbor resentment. You're choosing to forfeit the blessing of God. We choose not to, to be used by God. James 1 says. Anger will not help you live the good life. As God wants. I love the different translations so much I wrote them down for you. An angry person doesn't do what God approves of. Human anger does not achieve God's righteous purpose. I love what Job says here. Those who have wicked hearts hold on to anger. Hold on to anger. You see, resentment reveals a disobedient heart. So first, we got to let it go. Second uh, motivational reason is this. Anytime, number two, anytime I retain resentment, I halt my happiness. Anytime I retain resentment, I halt my happiness. My happiness is stopped dead in its tracks the moment I choose to get upset with somebody. My happiness stops dead in its tracks when I choose to get resentful. My happiness stops dead in its tracks when I make a choice to hold a grudge. And when I hold a grudge, I choose unhappiness. I've told you before, happiness is a choice. And you right now, you are as happy as you choose to be. And if you choose to focus on something that's unhappy, like a hurt, then you've got nobody to blame but yourself. Every moment of resentment is a moment of unhappiness. Do you know what the Greek word for that is? It's dumb. It's dumb. Job 21 says, Some men stay happy until the day they die. Others have no happiness at all because they live and die with bitter hearts. You see, you can't be happy and bitter at the same time. You just can't do it. Number three, anytime I breathe bitterness, I suffocate my spirit. Anytime I breathe bitterness, I suffocate my spirit. Bitterness doesn't just choke out your happiness. It strangles your spirit. You can't breathe. You're choosing to to carry a heavy load when you choose to carry around bitterness. Bitterness weighs you down. Bitterness just depresses your spirit. Proverbs 27.3 says, A stone is heavy and sand is weighty, but the resentment caused by a fool is heavier than both. Sometimes we actually think we're hurting the person that hurt us by holding on to the hurt and holding a grudge. Somehow we think that, that being mad is making them miserable. Bitterness is a worthless weapon. It's a worthless weapon. It doesn't hurt them. It only makes you miserable. They, might, they may not even know it, that you're upset. You're obsessing over it, and they're out having a good time. They're not even thinking about you. They've moved on. It's like drinking poison. and hope it kills them. you hurt a long time. Maybe you're here and listening that you, you've hurt a long time. I want to tell you guys, they can't hurt you anymore. They can't hurt you anymore. The only way that someone can continue to hurt you is if you continue to hold on to the hurt and you rehearse it over and over in your mind. Job 18.4 says, You're only hurting yourself with anger. Number four, anytime I internalize my anger, I harm my health. I harm my health. It's bad for your body. Resentment is the most physically damaging emotion that you and I can have, it's the source of, of all kinds of, of physical ailments. Job 5 2 says, To worry yourself to death with resentment is a foolish, senseless thing to do. It could kill you. It could kill you. So the bigger issue in your life is not what you're eating. It's what's eating you. It's what's eating you that causes more damage. You know, bitterness is a is a cancer that's just eating you alive, bit by bit. Ecclesiastes 5.17 says, All they get are days full of sadness and sorrow, and they end up, what? Sick, defeated, and angry. You know anybody like that? Guilt and resentment have put a lot of people in the hospital. Number five, anytime I hold a grudge, I will hurt many people. Anytime I hold a grudge, I'll hurt many people. Because I'm going to tell you something, guys. Resentment is contagious. Bitterness is a communicable disease. It can be spread verbally. You can give it to other people by the way you talk. Hey, it can ruin their lives, too. We see it in families all the time where one bitter person makes everybody miserable. Hebrews 12, 15 says, look after each other so that you will keep living in God's grace, being gracious to each other. See that no root of bitterness grows among you. Because if you become bitter, about anything, you'll miss God's grace. And that will cause much trouble. A bitter person will poison and ruin everyone else. That's from the Bible. I've got a question for you personally. Do you want to be that kind of person? Do you want to be known for your bitterness? Do you want to be known for your resentment? Do you want to be known at the end of your life as someone that wouldn't let go of a hurt that happened so many years ago? Are you willing to to harm everyone around you and to make them as miserable as you? Is that what you want? Number six. Anytime I won't let go Of a hurt, I act like an unbeliever. I act like an unbeliever. It's a poor testimony to the world when we respond to the same hurt and we respond immaturely as an unbeliever. Guys, as a believer, we have resources, we have healing that we can go to. Job 36, 13 says, angry people without God, angry people without God pile grievance upon grievance, always blaming others for their troubles. I love that in the, in the message, paraphrase. This, but there's some good news. We don't have to do this. We can let it go. We can let it go. You're talking about people blaming one another and piling grievances. Just watch the news. Just, just watch the news. Bitter people blaming other bitter people. And they're accepting no responsibility at all. Politicians do this to, to get votes. Look at the, the New Living Translation of this. The godless are full of resentment. To be full of resentment is a mark of of godlessness. You see, if you're full of resentment, you can't be full of God. If you're full of resentment, you can't be full of happiness. If you're full of resentment, you can't be full of love. Only one thing can, can fill you up. And if you can't, if you're filled with resentment, you can't be full of the Holy Spirit. You can't be full of God's presence in your life. One last motivation, then we'll get into the how-to. Number seven, probably the most important one. Anytime I won't forgive, I block God's forgiveness in my own life. In my own life. Matthew 6 says, Jesus said this, If you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. whoa Jesus said that because we can't burn the bridge that we got to walk across into heaven. We can't burn the bridge that we got to walk across to an abundant life. You see you and me we can't expect to receive from God what we're unwilling to to offer to others a forgiveness. How can we expect to receive it when we can't give it to others? If I'm unforgiving, then I am unforgiven is what this is saying. That's a high price to pay. That's a high price to pay. Looking at all these seven high cost, I gotta ask you, is it worth it? Bitterness is not worth it. The price is too high. Way too high for resentment. So don't don't go one more second without dealing with it this morning. How do I let go of a hurt, Jim? How do I, I let go of a hurt that I don't want to let go of? James says to do three simple things. Not easy, but they're simple. Number one, give it to God. Give it to God. How do I let go of a hurt? Give it to God. Let Him handle it unloaded on him. What do I mean by that? Just say, God, this is too heavy for me. I'm not smart enough to deal with this. God, it's in in your hands now. The good news is God's already volunteered to handle it. Jesus said this in Mark 11. Whenever you pray, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him and let it drop. Just leave it and let it go. In order that your Father in heaven may also forgive you for your failings and shortcomings and let them drop. Just leave it. Let it drop. God's cut you and me some slack. We got to cut others some slack. Well how much energy does it does it take to drop something? None. It doesn't take any, any energy to drop something. On the flip side, all that energy that you've been putting into hating and resenting and holding a grudge, you can now release it to more constructive projects. 1 Timothy 2.8 says this, What is needed everywhere is for people to lift their holy hands in prayer instead of having anger, disputes, and resentment. So instead of talking to others about the unfairness in your life, communicate it with God. Lift hands up to God in prayer instead of holding them on to to resentment. I love it in the message translation. God says, I want you not shaking angry fist at enemies, but raising holy hands to God. Have you been wasting too much time shaking angry Fist or angry fingers on keyboards at your culture, political enemies. Guys, start trying to raise your hands in prayer instead. You'll get better results. Don't spend so much time on Facebook, maybe spend more time with your face in this book. stop watching the news so much get a weather app it'll make a difference don't get hooked by those trolls on Facebook I see them now got a live one got a live one trust God to take care of it let me read you Romans 12 19 says never avenge yourselves leave that to God For he has said that he will repay those who deserve it. And I'm going to tell you something. God has a better arsenal than you and I have. Let him take care of that. You know. People say some mean things to me as a pastor. But I'm not going to let that bother me. I've learned I let it roll off my back. What is it? Like a water on a duck's back. You just let it roll off. Then I tell the Lord on them, and he takes care of it. The second step to uh, letting go of hurt is this. Heal it with grace. Heal it with grace. When someone hurts you, hurts you often, that, that person has a lot of hurt in their life, a lot of guilt in their life. We have a saying around here at North Point that hurt people hurt people. Why don't you offer them a little bit of grace, those that hurt you? Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Forgive one another. I like how it says, always be kind. Always be kind. You know, what I try to live by is a a saying that an old RA leader taught me. I will never have to forgive anybody more than God has already forgiven me. I will never have to forgive anybody more than God has already forgiven me. But you know, one of the reasons that a lot of times folks have a hard time forgiving is they've never really felt fully forgiven themselves. They're like, I don't feel good about me. So I don't want you to feel good about you. Guys, you can you can remedy that today. And remember how much he's forgiven you. It'll make it easier for you to forgive others. You say, well, Jim, I just I just can't forgive them. I'm not that strong. When you tell God that you're not that strong, that you're too weak to do that, he says, fantastic. He's got you right where he needs you to because now you realize that you can't do it on your own. 2 Corinthians uh, says, says this. God says, my gracious favor is all you need. My power works best in your weakness. That's the first step. God needs you exactly where you're at. What does it mean to to heal with grace? It just means let them off the hook. Let them off the hook. Forgive them. Also, it means change the way you talk to them. Stop being so judgmental. Be more gracious. Colossians 4, 6 says, Everything you say should be kind and well thought out, so that you know how to answer everyone. What he's saying is don't say anything unkind to anyone. Political person, somebody you disagree with, somebody you just divorced, Somebody you just broke up with? What you say should be kind and well thought out. If we claim to be a Christian, there should never be an unkind word spoken out of our mouth if we claim to be a Christian. Never. Everything that we say must be Kind. Look at the message translation. This: be gracious in your speech. The goal is to bring out the best in others in a conversation, not put them down, nor cut them out. Let grace heal your hurt. This is the last step: how to let go of hurt. Number three: nail it to the cross. Nail it to the cross. Why do we nail it to the cross? Because bitterness and resentment are sins. They're sins. And Jesus died for our sins. He died for our sins on the cross. He took all of our sins. He took the bitterment and resentment that we're having, which is a sin, you need to know that that bitterness and resentment that you're carrying around is a sin. It is not God's will for your life. He says, nail it to the cross. Galatians 3 says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed their sinful attitudes and desires to His cross and crucified them there. So now, since the Holy Spirit has given us a new life and power, let us follow His leading In every part of our lives, let us not be pridefully stubborn or irritate each other or be jealous of each other. Jesus Christ died for our resentment and the sin of bitterness. So I got to ask you simply as we're closing today, are you ready to begin a new life, a less stressful life? a happier life, then I got to tell you, stop paying the high price of holding on to a hurt. I'm I'm just about to pray for you guys. We're going to end as Leanne and Molly come up. Maybe you've got some things that you need to nail to the cross. I would ask you as you pastor to write them down. And you make a move today, wherever you're at in your living room, in your car, and you kind of make a symbolic move of nailing it to a cross. If you have to construct a cross, or you make one there, but you stick that sin, you nail it to the cross and you leave it there. I want to tell you, Jesus died. For that bitterness and resentment that you have. And until you nail it to the cross, you're not going to let go of it. You're going to tote it around. I'm asking you to forgive that person. Let it go. Forgive as you've been forgiven, forgive so that you can be forgiven. Let's pray. My Lord, my God. We've hurt each other so much down here with our mouths and our actions. We've hurt because we hurt. Oh gosh, what would it look like, Lord, if everyone let go of the hurts and started living in freedom? Started living in your will. I pray that we can. And maybe we can start right here today from this little place, that we would stop saying unkind things, that we wouldn't get hooked by trolls and respond in anger, that only kind things would pour out of our mouth. Lord, I pray for that someone that doesn't have a relationship with you. I pray that they would begin one today. That they would receive forgiveness from you for their sins. Well, we love you. And it's in the powerful name of Jesus I pray. Amen.